We had Gavin Larson on the program earlier this morning, one of the Black Caps selectors, and he reckons there are learnings from the series defeat to Australia. I think there's a blueprint there that certainly, you know, we should be looking looking at and, uh, you know, reflecting on and then thinking about how we might need to now adapt our game. Mm-hmm. International cricket with Kenan's hire. Pete McGlashan, former New Zealand wicketkeeper, part of the Radio Sport commentary team last night, joins the program. Morning, Pete. Good morning. What is that blueprint, do you think, that Gavin Larson refers to? Yeah, a little bit hard to know. It uh, could be specialists, um, you know, sticking to what they do. Although last night there was five or six players who are only available in white form cricket um, in Guptill, Munro, Chapman and Seifert. So those are guys that are only really playing this form of the game. Or it could be about having an aggressive approach the whole way through. At the moment, we've got Williamson and Chapman who tend to kind of work it around and be accumulators with the Australian batting line. It was pretty much power the whole way through. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Do you feel that the, the Aussie bowling attack held its nerve really well? I mean, considering that onslaught they faced in the start. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to know whether the New Zealand team would have made the same adjustments without getting the opportunity to bowl first. So... Yeah, I think they definitely, the Australians showed that they'd learnt from the, the other night. They'd learnt that um, there are some deliveries that are just off limits when you play at Eden Park. Um, and the pressure that they managed to build up um, really led to New Zealand's downfall. I think one of the challenges New Zealand had is they tended to lose wickets and clumps, and it was often the same type of player. So um, they lost Guptill and Munro, two hitters at the same time, which meant you had two guys that were more circumspect than Williamson and Chapman. And then we lost those guys quite at a similar time as well, which meant that you ended up with and Gronholm and Santner coming in um, when really uh, the, the game sort of seesawed backwards and forwards as to whether we were going to be aggressive, oh, no, conserve, oh, we need to be more aggressive, oh, time to cut back a bit. And we just didn't get any momentum. I've got to say, Peter, you know, like one of the things, you know, in all sports, they go, oh, you know, the basics and that. There was a bowling plan that Australia got uh, got into, particularly when Taylor was out there, that I thought, man, this is like this is like bowling 101A. Here's the good batsman. We're going to give him one that he can tuck down off, you know, maybe run a single, and then we're going to have four or five balls at the guy at the other end. Like, I just thought that kind of stuff, when you watched it, it was almost plain as day that you could see it. I mean, what did we do the right thing there? Well, that was the dilemma for Ross, is whether or not he let, uh, he complied with the plan or whether or not he really took a risk and tried to force himself on the Australian lineup. And because we were losing wickets at the other end, he just never got a chance to kind of shake the shackles off. And mm. as you say, Australia did a very good job of getting him off strike, bowling to the new player. You know, the field went out, it came in, went out, it came in. And he got that sense that they were effectively one step ahead of whatever New Zealand wanted to do. And, and because New Zealand were on the back foot having lost wickets, we weren't, we didn't have the courage, I guess, to take that risk because it seemed like any time we did, we lost a wicket. So they definitely got to dictate most of the night. Um, and it's a shame that if New Zealand had put in a... If, if their top-order batsman had been able to bat through to about the 15th over... Um, then we might have had probably a more exciting game because, as Kane said at the end, another 20 or 30 runs would have made a big difference, I think. Pete McLaughlin with us on Radio Sport. Let's go back to the toss, Pete. And, of course, the Aussies have chased down everything that's been given to them so far, including that record chase last week. Is there something to be said for doing what the opposition would least like to do? Therefore, Kane Williamson may have been better to change his mind. Yeah, it's a difficult one, eh? and and it's one that we've often said, um, you know, as New Zealanders, we tend to be a little bit more passive, 
and have a record of doing well chasing. You know, it helps us allow the, the to understand the tempo that we need to go at. Whereas the Australians tend to be more foot on the throat from the start, we'll put pressure on. And, and I guess it's always that it's the million dollar question when you're playing against good teams is, you know, do you back yourself to the hilt where you know that you're possibly doing the thing that you're weaker at? Or, or do you, you know, almost uh, look at the opposition that you're playing and adjust your game to fit? New Zealand decided they were going to go out do the things that they wanted to do when they wanted to do them um, and try and put in a good performance. And um, unfortunately, last night just wasn't the night. I wonder whether there was the gamesmanship from Warner during the week about, you know, or 260, 270 could be scored on this ground, you know, had just sort of filtered into the New Zealand lineup and that they thought they needed 220 or 230. Uh, when history would say 180, is normally enough at Eden Park. Incidentally, were you impressed with his captaincy last night, Warner? Yeah, not so much the way that he moved the the pieces around the puzzle, but more the composure that he showed. And I think the fact he is so aggressive in his in his batting style, um, it, it kind of emanates throughout the rest of the group. But it doesn't really matter whether Australia are set nine runs and over or 14 runs and over. Dave Warner believes he can get more than that every single time he walks out to bat. Um, and so that kind of just filters through the rest of the team. It fills them with confidence and he seems to be enjoying himself, which means no one's um, fearful or doubting themselves. If the captain is someone who's a slightly more timid person or doesn't necessarily scream that ability to score anything um, off and over, then I guess it, it plants the seed of doubt back into the other players' minds. Mm. Uh, as I look at the New Zealand uh, ODI squad, so we, we go to Hamilton. I uh, got the first match against Hamilton, on, uh, sorry, against England on Sunday there at Seddon Park. As I look at that squad, it's not terribly different. Do you think our, our formal confidence that we're at at the moment rolls into this next series, or is there a way that they can reset themselves? Well, they'll reflect on the. I mean, it's been a little while since the one day team was together, and as you say, completely unchanged other than the addition of Sodi, I think. So. Um, you know, three spinners in the squad is a little bit unusual, um, but it sounds like with Satner and Astor having injuries, they wanted a bit of cover. And Sodi is an informed player, and there's been lots of calls for him to be included. Um, but most of the other guys have been back playing domestic cricket. So Ferguson and Henry and Latham and Nichols have been back down at the full trophy level and having some success. So you'd like to think that injection of new blood into the team means that they can put this T20 series behind them. England are a very good. ODI team and you know they're, they're coming off the back of their success against Australia so they'll be keen to put in a good show as well Hey when you're doing the analysis of some of the dismissals by the New Zealand batsmen Peter how do you weigh, much do you weigh up the fact that they're playing their natural game versus say poor shot selection Well unfortunately playing their natural game is sort of a caveat which means you can do almost anything you want um Unless they're going to provide the commentary team a list of their preferred shots, and then we can judge <laughs> them to whether they've, whether they've met it. But you know, uh, there were lots of shots last night where you get the feeling that um, they didn't consider the scoreboard and they didn't consider the consequences of their actions. And uh, yeah, it looked at one stage like we weren't going to face the last 30 balls of the innings, which just would have been a tragedy. Um, even if you can only get one off every ball, that still runs in the bank, which you can't get um, once you're back in the pavilion. So. Look, it's one of those things that does get bandied around by players. It's a bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card. But at the same time, Australia are playing with a freedom and a confidence that's kind of the equivalent of um, 
you know, playing your own way, um, but just with a bit more responsibility, I guess. Hey, nice work, Pete, as always. Thanks, always good to have you on the program. Good luck with the call in Hamilton on Sunday. Thanks, guys.